Navelle Provo, former athlete turned entrepreneur. Corvell Beals, I like to call myself a serial entrepreneur, evolving every day. I believe that I'm a business. I'm a businessman. This is not your traditional podcast. The true story of what it is to be a black entrepreneur in Canada. This might not be something you heard before. Whatever you're doing, man, and just come along on this journey with us. Let's get to this bag together. I ain't a business, man. I'm a business, man. Now let me handle my business. So, yeah, here we are again. Episode 9 of the I'm a Businessman podcast. Myself, Navelle Provo. And I'm Cravel Beals, Veli. Yeah, yeah. Bringing more heat to you. Today we got a very, very, very special guest, a Scotian legend, hailing yeah. from the Prestons. Uh, Ross Simmons, he's an entrepreneur, digital marketing strategist, one of the best in the world. Uh, yeah, he's a global legend, man. Global. global. 100%. Recently ranked in the top five in the world as marketers, um, founder of Hustler and Grind Co., an e-commerce store for entrepreneurs, and Foundation Marketing, a B2B content marketing agency that provides content marketing services organizations all over the world. Some of the fastest growing startups, consumer products, and even some uh, global 500 fortune brands. So. We're real happy to have Mar- uh, Ross here with us today. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. 100%. Thanks a lot. Man, it's a super pleasure of ours, man, for real. Yo, a real uh, a real mentor from afar. You know, uh, I think you might know Covell a bit more just in terms of age gap. Yeah, we but grew up on the, mm-hmm. uh, all the things. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ross was always there, man. Yeah, Ross yeah. was always there. Until yeah. he wasn't, but he was always there. Oh, yeah, Even yeah. when he wasn't, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. But no, Ross the homie, for real. Yeah. And I remember always seeing you and, you know, Seeing your, your your cousins and, and yeah, all yeah. those guys, shout out to the cousins, uh, the sure hockey player fan. boys, Marcus, Marcus, Gary, exactly, Tyler, all got a big family, bro. They got a big, big like legendary family, yeah. Yeah. legendary family yeah. in the community. Yeah. And we're gonna tap Carlette, Carlette, yeah. shout out yeah. to Carlette. Yeah, everybody got the grind going yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That yeah. Goal. While we're actually talking, this this episode is actually brought to you by the Peace Tournament. Hey, love it. Shout out to the Peace Tournament, one of the the biggest cultural. Uh, experiences in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um, a, a, a revamp on the legendary black basketball tournament. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, brought to life with, with some new flavor, some new wave parties, games, some of the, the, the biggest talent in the city. Yeah. Um, we're so coming back this year. Hopefully, we're back this year. Yeah, we're yeah, coming back this year. Too. Hopefully, everything is, you know, in a clear. COVID friendly. Exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah, we got six plans. waves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wave seven. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty yeah. soon it'll be 22 and we'll be just like, ah, let's wave 22. This, yeah. yeah, that's what we do <laughs> now. Happening. We're good. So shout out to the Peace Tournament. Yeah. But, you know, back back to Ross. Like I said, you know, a, a, a real mogul, a real inspiration to watch from afar. I don't care. Wherever you're at, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, follow up Ross. He, he pushes nothing but content and, and good it. value and some of that stuff we'll yeah. tap into. So we'll get right to it, man. Let's do it. Originally from the Prestons. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like Preston us, Preston made. boys, you know what Indeed. I'm saying? Legendary spot. Tell us about growing up in Preston. What was it like? And, and just a bit about you growing up. Yeah, I loved it, man. I think uh, a lot of times you hear the media and the press give Preston a bad rep, but mm-hmm. I got to say without question, if it wasn't for the community, I wouldn't be who I am today. Uh, there's this sentiment across the community that it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And I'd say yeah. like that is so true. Uh, it's so real from the like fundamental days I can remember like going to things like Black Tournament and then just being in the back seat of somebody's van and mm-hmm. then going up <laughs> home and then being like, 
I'm good. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know yeah, who's exactly. driving. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who's <laughs> next to me, mm-hmm. but I know I'm good. And my yeah, parents right. will tell me like, that's okay. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't yeah. exist in a lot of communities, but yeah. you always knew you were good no matter where you went. And I think there was a lot of value in that yeah. instilled from my early days. Being surrounded, I think also by uh, a lot of entrepreneurs at a young age mm-hmm. was was very pivotal. Um, my grandfather ran uh, Vicks Paving back when we were young. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother worked for that company and I got a first glimpse at entrepreneurship by direct directly watching him mm-hmm. as well as his brothers with Simmons paving, et cetera, yeah, and yeah. what they had built. And it was cool to see, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was able to see like, oh wow, Grande can wake up whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. He can work for who he wants. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anybody telling him what to do. Sounds like a good gig, um, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, when I saw that, it just blew my mind. And I would say like for me, uh, Preston's home, I'm always there. And uh, yeah, like for me at the, the fundamental level, it would be like if it wasn't for the community, I don't know where I'd be. But sure. uh, the community also, I would say, pushed me in many ways to do what I do. Yeah. Um, one of my cousins, he's passed since, but Brandon Beals, he was uh, very mm-hmm. influential mm-hmm. in my early mm-hmm. days of saying like, Ross, look, everybody's going to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. You're special. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that you stay on focus, like right. stay on track where you're going. Yeah. So I give a major shout out to him for playing a very pivotal role yeah. back in my high school days of mm-hmm. Sam Russ. Look, you got something, chase it, mm-hmm. embrace it mm-hmm. and go. And then I just leaned into that fully. You know, I think that that's always been one of the things too. Like, you know, coming from the community, there's so many inspirations and yeah. a lot of times the community is so interconnected. So like you wouldn't know like some of the people that would have influence mm-hmm. over somebody. Like mm-hmm. it'd be like the community so, so connected, but we don't always see, see those the angles. You know yeah. what I mean? I never seen that connection. Yeah. Right. From yeah. Shell, Shell, Smoy and Roach. You yeah, know, for sure. Right, I never yeah. seen that. I never knew you guys were connected. Knew yeah. your family. But right. to, to hear that is like, okay, shoot. And then there's some guys over on the other uh, over here that's super connected and might have been inspired right. by him. So to yeah, hear that yeah. is yeah, it's powerful for definitely, sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. You, you mentioned, you know, your, your grandfather's being entrepreneurs. You're, you're, you got a lot of entrepreneurs in your family. Yeah. Man, and that was a real blessing to see. How do you think that impacted you? How did you think, you know, what were your early days like in, yeah, in it was, that and seeing that? I think that? it changed my perspective significantly around, like, one, the power of control and ownership and, like, the value of it. Mm. Like, that was one of the fundamental things that I kind of had instilled in me from the get-go because, like, I'm a very hard-headed person, mm. and I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> yeah. So when I was able to look at him and be like, oh, you run your calendar. Like, you can do what you want when you want. Like, that's kind of the path that I want to take. And then when I got deeper and I started to go beyond, like, the community-level businesses, and yeah. I started to see the possibilities mm. of scale yeah. and growth, yeah. then I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be real. Like, there's yeah. a lot of opportunity here. I think a lot of times we get caught up in this idea of just being very localized yep. with our goals, Tell our ambitions, it. and where we want to go. But the moment I stepped out and I was like, all right, Grande can run a business here and do well. Mm -hmm. But I started to look at people outside in the market, outside of the community. Mm. And I was like, oh, they're doing 10 times, 20 times, 50, 100 Mm -hmm. times. How can I get that? Mm -hmm. And I think consistently people in the community push me and yeah, they right. say, Rosh, you got this. Like yeah. you can do this, blah, blah, blah. I can remember when I graduated from university, not from university, from high school, mm-hmm. I stood up on stage and I got probably 20K in scholarships mm-hmm. and bursaries. Yeah. But prior to that, the community was pushing me to write every paper, to sure. go out and apply for every single scholarship, right. everything and anything that I could see. They were like, Ross, throw your hat in the ring, throw your hat in the ring. And right. I was up there making like, got 20k on the back of that a, a, a lot of times too man like you know uh, again like i, I kind of got the cheat code because i was i was around and, and watched you from a distance but right. like we were we were connected but like it was always you know something about you that was different but it was like it's something about this guy right you know what i yeah. mean like it was always like 
like Ross is there, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, man, there's something about this guy, yeah, and I think the, the, like when you, I don't know when you would have like first used the handle, the coolest cool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I swear, like for me, that yeah. was like, yo, that's that's, that's who that's, Ross is. Mm-hmm. Like he's the coolest cool. Like yeah. he's he's Ross. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and so you know, I, I guess I had a question too about like. When did that shift happen when you started to look outside and see, like, the, the magnitude of business? Yeah. Like, you know, when you talk about your grandfather yeah. and you talk about scalability. Like it was did... high school, man. So, like, in high school, I ran my first business selling do-rags out of the locker. And hey, I made a good mitt. Like, I was uh, able to buy poutine every day for lunch. <laughs> so, I was like, this is sick. Like, mm-hmm. this yeah. is, like, good. But then, at the same time, I was working on the internet. And I was, like, just creating content about mm. Madden and things like that. On the weekends, we would go to Don's, all that stuff. But I was mm-hmm. also down mm-hmm. and back just, mm-hmm. like, creating mm-hmm. some content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I started to realize, like, people were visiting this stuff from all over the world. And yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think most people even realize that you can live in Preston, create something on the internet, yeah. and reach somebody who's in California, in Sweden, mm-hmm. in Germany, in France, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. So I just went hurt. Mm-hmm. And I continued to create content and content. And at that time, I didn't really know why I was doing it. Yeah. I was just creating it because I liked creating content about football. I like creating content about video games. So I was just like doing that, trying to see like what this thing was all about. But after high school, it started to like pay money. So mm. I started to generate affiliate revenue through my fantasy football blog. I was like, this is great. This is awesome. And the traffic just went through the roof. So I right. started to get like tons of recognition all over the globe on the back of this. And then I was like, okay, if I can start attracting people from my parents' basement mm. all over the globe, this is real. Like yeah. there's a massive opportunity there. And I think one of the biggest cheat codes in life is to look at people who are where you want to be mm-hmm. and then look at how they got there. Right. So at that moment I decided I was going to spend pretty much a full weekend at the library just like studying, going on LinkedIn and like researching how people who were successful got to where they were. Right. So I started to look back at like, how did they get there? What did they do? And then I was like, all right, I got to do the same thing. So I just started to follow in those steps. And one of the things that was consistent was that people were consistently creating value for other people. Mm. So I said, all right, now I need to just add a ton of value to the internet, essentially, and just start producing more and more content. So I just doubled down on that and started to produce. And then I remember uh, I was in my parents' basement again, and I got an email from somebody who was in San Diego. Mm. And they were like, yo, can you come down and speak at our event? I was like, what? What do you mean? (laughs) Like, I'm 22, fly me down to San Diego. This is kind of wild. But I did it. And Mm. it was one of the like biggest Fortune 500 companies in the globe. And I was like, this is nuts. right? right? So that's when the mental shift truly started to happen. But I would say from a very young age, I was ambitious and hungry for like wealth to be honest like that at the core was something that was innate in me early on like I knew that I wanted more and Mm. I knew that I wouldn't call it jealousy but like when I saw other people living good I was like I want to do that that my grandmother told me at a very early age as well like Ross I'm sorry but I don't visit jail so I couldn't go down that path (laughs) right like there was an opportunity (laughs) right and I think I would have killed but (laughs) but Nana told me I couldn't couldn't do it so I was like all right, I gotta go in to the corporate and I gotta like double down on that mm-hmm. and that's kind of been the the path that i yeah. took and it's uh it's paid amazing dividends. that's huge that's you know and i mean like just for the listeners too like for those that don't know like you know <coughs> ross we introduced him from preston he spoke about being from preston i'm from north preston yeah you yeah, know what i mean yeah, but sure. but you're from preston i'm from preston yeah you know I, I mean i say that intentionally all the time and yeah like we're always confused by it but i'm pretty much a 50 50 100 um my dad born and raised bred up home simmons family yeah played balls 
like he was yeah. a up home guy. Always yeah. making noise in the Always. Fan. Oh man, Always. I used to hate when yeah. we used to play East Press, man. <laughs> right? He yeah. used to make some crazy it's true. noise. But it was yeah. sick. It was like the yeah. East Press and Pacers versus North Press and Bulls. Dad was like the old school Bulls guy. Like yeah. he was originally from up home, but then he was coaching the East yeah. Preston team. Mm-hmm. So there was a mad rivalry, but him and your dad was super close and they yeah. had us in the fantasy leagues when yeah. we were like 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's yeah. a different story. But yeah, so that's dad. And then on the East Preston side, my mom, born and raised in East Preston, and she's been influential in that community. Yeah. She's uh, very deep in the church. Yeah. She's uh, now going to have her ordination where she's mm-hmm. studied and is now going to be a pastor Sick. and that whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, like definitely born and raised on both sides. Yeah. And I would say like it was always like I would say every weekend of my childhood was spent up home yeah. where it was just like what I did every yeah. weekend on Friday. I would get dropped off and then I was just like chill. <laughs> and I didn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. Like, I loved yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then during the week I was out east. Yeah, like, yeah. Your mom too. You know, she's a really like genuine spirit. Oh, like yeah. you know, like yeah. every time I ever seen her, like even before I knew her name, right? Like it was just real genuine yeah. love, man. So you know that shout out to your mom yeah. too for sure. Appreciate it. Yeah. No, I yeah. think all of us are kind of lucky in that sense. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We got yeah. we got the lottery yeah. when it comes down to parents and having the ability to have some amazing values instilled in us from a from yeah. a young age. Um, yeah, I think shout out to the parents. Like that's shout that's out. key and and. Mm-hmm. For anyone listening who is a parent, I think that's another thing to like recognize. Like, mm. it's one of the most influential roles that you can play. So, like, as you, I'm still a new dad. Like, I'm early into the game, but I think t- you got to take that real seriously. Yeah, like, yeah. you're going to ultimately have the ability to fundamentally shape this person's life, and you can set them up for success. So, mm. so double down on that. Shout out to the mom. Shout out to the dads. Mm. Everybody who's doing the thing. Just everybody who's showing up. It's key. Straight. Showing up, hundred percent. Straight. So. We got you in high school. You're selling do-rags, yeah. buying poutine. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're graduating. Yeah. You got about $20,000 in, in, in scholarships. And you're going to university. Still you in went to debt, Still, Still in debt. Oh, yeah. Let me tell what you're telling about, man. Is a joke. 100%. Five dollars in the gas tank, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to SMU, right? Shout yeah. out to SMU. Shout out to SMU. I'm a SMU guy, too, later in life. Did you know what you want to do in university? Did, you what did you take? you seen the movie Boomerang? I did, I did, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do. I saw Boomerang, I was like, Marcus Garvey, this guy, is in Boomerang, balling, he's got nice Rolls Royce, he's living living good. What's he do? Oh, he's in marketing? Mm, I'm going down that path. So that was kind of like my first inspiration into it, where Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not, like, my original plan was like, I want to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, that didn't work out. I got into my first bio class. I got into my first chemistry. Mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't interesting not me. to me. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a cap. Yeah, right? yeah There's yeah, a cap yeah. to it. And I do say, shout out to anyone in that field. Like, I think there's amazing work to be done now. Yeah. I had a lot of limitations on what I believe science could do. Right. Now I think science, even as a business, is a massive opportunity. 100%. And you can do healthcare as a business. Wealth. Like, yeah. there's tons yeah. of value there. Yeah. But in high school at the moment, I was like, nah, this isn't for me. I want to go into something that's unlimited. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. marketing and business felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. The internet felt like that. Yeah. It still is truly that. So that was one of the key pivotal moments. And then something that also shows up in not just our community, but Nova Scotians mm. and Canadians is this imposter syndrome idea that like we're smaller yep. and not as good yep. as people down in the States yep. or on a global scale. When I was in university and I started to go to classes and seminars and hear people talk, I was like, man, none of these people are that good. Mm. Like I had these ideas that these people were spectacular Mm. and fascinating, Mm -hmm. like miles ahead of me. And then I start going to the sessions and I'm like, oh, this is nothing. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. this, this guy's just like me. He's average, regular. But I think that's a big trap. Mm -hmm. I think it's a massive trap. Like a lot, I can say with confidence, one of the biggest 
biggest failures of the last, I'd say, our lifetime mm-hmm. is the fact there was a lot of boys that we grew up with mm-hmm. that were actually geniuses. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that genius did 100%. not get unlocked yeah. because they were limited through the system, through mm-hmm. a handful of different things. Yep. Man, when I think about the skills and the talents that yeah. some of the boys had, yeah. it probably still have. We yeah. probably were on the bottom end of that spectrum. Yeah, Easily. Sure. 100%. Yeah. Easily. 100%. 100%. I can remember 100%. going into parties and people were literally freestyling on the top of their minds, yeah. coming up with words that I didn't know. Yeah. And I was like... How's how's he know yeah, this? Exactly. Like, yeah, this exactly. is wild. Yeah. That's genius. 100%. That literally never got unlocked. Yeah. And I think like one of the other pieces to it is distribution of our ability to kind of get our stories out there yeah. and to get our work out there is something that limits us in Nova Scotia because yeah. we're a small place. Yeah. yeah. If you're in California, like I can say with confidence, a lot of the people that we grew up with would have been yeah. like, like Amazing. For sure. Sure. For sure. For sure. And I think the same thing happens in business, but we stay limited to thinking this is all I can do. This is all Mm -hmm. I can do. It's Mm -hmm. not. Like the scale is so much more significant. And I think I would challenge everyone listening here to think about their goals and where they want to be and then multiply that by like ten. And I think I think you you personify that. And that's one of the things I I kinda look to you. And I think Nova Scotians, not only black people, Nova Scotians look to you as like this guy's global, yeah. right? You, you speak around the world. We'll get into some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, you're, you're not a local guy, yeah. no, but you're local, yeah. right? Right, and yeah. you're able to to cross those those platforms. And you know, from what I'm hearing, it's it was just thinking that you could, and seeing it, and That's and it. believing it, and just going doing it. Yeah. And your skills were able to to show. And again, this is a guy from. Preston, yeah. North Preston and East Preston. Yeah, right? he's that a leader in, in in the world. In the world, he's a leader of Nova Scotia. Like you know what I mean. So that's that's just big, like in, in itself. And I think too, like you know, the the unique thing, like even me sitting here, like I'm just in awe, like listening to this guy that I know. Mm-hmm. Right. But the the coolest thing too was the coolest cool. The coolest <laughs> thing too was that you know, like growing up and watching you, it will seem like there was a lot going on in your brain. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. And now, like as you grow and get older, and like you start unlocking that man, mm-hmm. like you know. I really see, like, yo, this man had, he had the big fro, but, yeah. like, there was a lot happening oh, up yeah, there. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and to hear, like, how some of that stuff transpired, like, yeah. you know. And you found a unique way to express it. Yeah. Right. You know, for us and, and for, for the homies we're talking about, it, we had maybe two or three pathways to yeah, express that. 100%. Music. We had a lot of musicians, a lot of ball players, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of guys in the streets. Yeah. yeah. And we had some successes in yeah. those places. We have. You know what I'm saying? You talked about, like, if you would have went that way, you probably would have been super successful. Right. I talk about <laughs> yeah. all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. I would have been the biggest yeah. pimp ever. The right. man's thinking global. Right. You know, he's, thinking, <laughs> yeah. he's thinking global. And I, I always have make the, that that joke as well. But, yeah. you know, again, our our distribution channels, yeah. our, our, our avenues were yeah. so limited. But if you know we're able to open those up, and that's why we want yeah, to bring you on here and it. share that message. To I say, think it's so key to also like understand the math game around yeah, yeah. going to the league, making it in like exactly. the the music world as well. Yeah, right? like yeah. For me, I can remember it. I was I can remember the exact moment where I like had that conversation. Mm-hmm. I was up home and I was talking to Marcus about like him wanting to go to NHL. Mm-hmm, I was talking mm-hmm. to the homies about like. Gary was thinking NBA, and I was yeah. like, all right, let me do the math. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is the actual likelihood that yeah. you can get into the NBA? Like, how many boys are, how many guys play in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the number? Does anybody know? It's like probably. 32 teams, 16 people. Yeah. It was, like, it was like 20, yeah. 2,200 or something. Yeah. 2,200. Well, how many millionaires are there in the world? Exactly. Right? Like, there's a lot. How <laughs> yeah, many of them lot. became millionaires because of basketball or music? Yeah. Not a lot. Very little. Right? Yeah. So probably less than 1%. So when you look at those numbers, it becomes very clear that there's other avenues that you can take to get to the goal that you want. Mm-hmm. When I look at 
like the most recent pause double back say it again Mm -hmm. let people understand that because that's the that's that's the shit that's the message shit right there that's the shit right there like people need to understand that number so we're gonna we're not gonna rewind he's gonna say it again because you really gotta hone in on that like Give it to him one more time. When you look at the world's total population of mm-hmm. millionaires, mm-hmm. right? Less than, I would say with a guarantee, less than 5% mm. of them got there on the back of sports or on the back of music. Mm. The vast majority of them did not get it through that. They got it through entrepreneurship and Straight. business, right? Or investing Straight. and things of that nature. But when we think the only two paths are the league and music, that's the path that we think we mm-hmm. have to take, but it's not, mm. right? We live in what I think is the best time to ever be an entrepreneur, yeah. right? Like, what's that number? Is there 51 million, million millionaires million. in the world? 51 <laughs> million millionaires, and we're trying to take 2,300 people <laughs> on, who on, play man. ball for a little bit, blow their meniscus. You know what I'm saying? How yeah. many Kobe's are there? One. One, right? literally. And there's only 60 jobs. We talked about this when he was 12. There's 60 job opportunities a year, so you got to be in the top 60 exactly. to enter the NBA. You know what I mean? I see. I seen a stat. You have a better chance of building a unicorn business, which means a business that makes a billion dollars, than you have going to the NBA. So what is worth? (laughs) What's worth chasing? Hundred percent. And I respect all dreams, ambitions, all of that. But like to me, it's a numbers game. Exactly. You can chase a billion dollar company and fail Mm. and make fifty million. Yeah. And and that's a failure. That's a failure, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You could chase a billion dollar business and make a mill. Yeah. yeah. And that's a failure. Yeah. You could make two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah. And that will change a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Right. Like I think we have this misconstrued concept of what wealth looks like. Mm. Yeah. When in reality you can get it so many different ways. Yeah. And so the many. league and music are not the only ways. Yeah. Right? Like they're not very the small. Ways. The streets I, I is, is like we talked about yeah. that shit in one of our episodes too. Yeah. 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 I mean? Like the streets is like it's such a limiting opportunity. Market cap. The market yeah. cap is yeah. small. The market <laughs> cap is literally it's a small <laughs> market cap. Is small. And then yeah. we come over in this world, we talk about it on the podcast as well. One of my homies in college, his parents own a ham net company mm. right. where they make million dollars a year yeah. selling the nets that go around ham. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, right. is anything we can do over here? Anything. And right. I think we got to also like stop sleeping on the fact that we've got some real skills that can exactly. be applied already to mm-hmm. business and add value. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. All we have to do is recognize like we're just as good mm-hmm. as everybody else. Like anybody who's a plumber, anybody who's yep. an electrician, yep. anybody who is a handyman, anybody who can do braids, like you have skills. Yeah. Those skills don't have an actual limit when Straight. you start to think about it from a sense that, okay, I can build a team around this. Mm. I can hire people around this. Oh, can I create a YouTube channel talking mm. about how to braid someone's hair? Yeah. You know how many millions of views you could get if you created a YouTube channel teaching dads how to uh, braid, braid their daughter's hair? hair? Ross Simmons, <laughs> folks. Do you know how much? <laughs> a lot. A whole lot. A whole lot. Dad's is having a hard time. Then you start selling a book on it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's more mm-hmm. money that you're Then you making. start yeah. selling a comb. Right. Yeah. And you start selling the grease. And yeah. guess when these things are selling? While you sleep. Mm. So for me, when I started to make my first notifications, ding, ding, ching, ching, when I was sleeping, I was like, the internet is real. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't have to be awake. I don't have to walk into an office and I'm making money. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Sign yeah, me right? up. Like that's the game. Yeah. Right. When you can start to make money in your sleep, you've unlocked something that's that's real. And that's it. Like that's what a lot of people, you know, everybody talks about. I'm trying to make money when I sleep. I talk to people all the time. Like you know, like I'm trying to be my own boss. I'm trying to make money when I sleep. You know what I mean? And like the stuff that you know that they're they're talking about trying to do is like 
everything I see that you're saying is trading your time for money. Right. You know what I mean? And right. like majority of times, like man, the internet is the easiest way easiest. To, to, to do that. Yeah, you know what it I mean? is. Like it's the easiest way. And you gotta start somewhere, right? Like at the end of the day, a lot of folks have these visions of, okay, I wanna have a, a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Well, first you gotta have a business that makes a thousand dollars, right? Like first you have Shake. to make a thousand dollars. So how do you do that? You come up with something that you can sell. One of the easiest things that anyone can do right now, if you are in front of a computer, or whatever you're using, open up a new tab and go to Upwork Work.com, go to mm-hmm. Fiverr.com, mm-hmm. any of these sites, and go to the various uh, services that you can buy on these sites. You can do those services for people and make a lot of money. Mm. And I think we always say, I need to find the great idea. I need to find, you don't need a great you idea. Need a great you just idea, need to get, have something that can make money. And yeah. there's, there's no reason to try to make the next Facebook. You don't need to try to make the next Instagram. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is find something that's going to get you to that first thousand. Yeah, right? yeah. Once you have that thousand, you're going to take some of it and you're going to put it into your pocket, but you're going to take the rest and you're going to invest it back into that business yeah. so you can continue to grow it and scale it. Rinse and repeat. You do that for five years, you got $100,000. You got sure. a ten, like a $200,000 business, yeah, yeah, right? Sure. And then you're, you're set. You're mm-hmm. set to constantly just be doing the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it, uh, one of the biggest mistakes is that we we underestimate the mm-hmm. importance of keeping it very simple in the beginning. Not trying, don't, stop buying business cards. Mm. Like you don't need to spend your money on that right now. <laughs> Those right? days like, over. Sell something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. sell something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the value, and it doesn't matter if it's a sweaty job or if it's an internet job. You have to first get the capital that then you can use. And when I say capital, I'm talking about money. Yeah. Once you have that, you can then use it to buy new things. You can mm. buy, and when I say buy new things, I'm not talking about a PS5 yeah. unless you're going to sell it. I'm talking about like buying things that are going to give you additional value. Right. So you're going to buy access to someone who's going to um, support your business. Yeah. You're going to buy marketing. You're going to buy reach. You're going to buy an investment mm. into something, mm-hmm. right? Like I think use your money so it works for you. And if you have a long-term perspective on it, the entire game changes. But I will say amidst all of that, I think everyone needs to be thinking about tech because it is the greatest and biggest opportunity for wealth of this generation. And we cannot sleep on it, folks. Mm. Like we've been cut out of past waves of generational wealth. So let's not sleep on the next one because it's going to be real. And it's already real. Like Mm. there's already more millionaires and billionaires being created on the back of technology specific Mm -hmm. assets and opportunities. Mm -hmm. Stop sleeping on it. And don't be intimidated. You don't need to know how to code. I don't know how to code. I know enough to be deadly, but I don't know how to like code pure. Right. Mm. But I'm in tech. I'm in SaaS and I can... I do really, really well, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to code, yeah. right? And I think a lot of people think you do, but you don't. Like you can be a salesperson in tech mm. and make bank. Yeah. You can be in marketing. You can be a founder. You can start to invest in these types of companies. You, you can could run so teams. Things. Like you if you're a good run, leader, you could just run the teams just that are, you know what I mean? Like it. coaching people is real. It's it's, it's key and, and it's changing and it's, and it's the, the next wealth the next that that's yeah. happening. It's, it's happening in front of our face. I, I, you know, before we, we go to the next segment, I know, I know like, you know, I guess this is a thank you too because I appreciate Ross mm-hmm. because you know we started the, the coding program up home yeah and you know he just showed up yeah and yeah. And, I, and that's when I kind of like you know what like you'll show up to a basketball game right. you know what I mean right. but like mm-hmm. when he showed up for the tech program he's trying to tell these exactly. kids something exactly. and at the time it's like they ain't really they don't know mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah. but some of you kids that were in that program like you're a little bit older now and yo like double back like go back circle back and see where. Where the opportunities? Because mm-hmm. when he showed up, I'm like, yo, Ross took time out of his day to come here. It meant something to me. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I know he's in the space, but yep. he came back like, yo, like, 
let's this go. Is real. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, you know, I, I I appreciate you for that. No worries. But I think, you know, kids, like you got to understand, man, like, yo, like the, the world is your, your users of the tech, mm-hmm. you know, start creating it. Start, mm-hmm. start putting yourself on let's the other side fun. of it. This isn't even planned, but yeah. I want to do something fun. Let's so anybody watching this, anybody listening to this, who's a kid who wants to get into tech, wants to get into this space, but might say, I don't have a laptop, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Let's give away a MacBook right now, mm. right? Let's tag somebody on whatever this is mm-hmm. on Instagram mm-hmm. in the comments and tag them and tell them what you want to do mm-hmm. in tech, something that's your vision. And you guys can pick the winner. Whoever yeah. tags whoever, I'll send them a MacBook. Ross Done. Simmons. The right. Preston right. genius, but also the Preston man of heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm but saying? seriously, man, like, I think access for in our, when we were growing up, access yeah. was one of the biggest things, right? Like my parents were like, I was lucky because my parents brought home a computer that was probably secondhand. Mm-hmm. It was big. It was yeah. bulky. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was able to get into that, yeah. right? And I was able to access that and use it to kind of figure out, oh, this internet thing is going to last mm-hmm. and it's going to be real. But I think if we don't have access to the computers, to the devices, and to this new economy, mm. it's going to hold us back. Yeah. Internet access in Preston, it was brutal back yeah, then. Yeah, like, yeah, it just yeah, wasn't yeah, good. Yeah. But now we have access. So I think anybody listening to this recognize there's never been a better time to be in tech and like use it. And if you have questions about it, by all means, reach out. Because here's another thing that I noticed. People from our community don't reach out, mm. but everybody else reaches out to me. Exactly. Yeah. Every other yeah. person will yeah. reach out. Ross, exactly. I got a son who wants to get into tech. Can mm-hmm. you talk to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody from the community does. So if you are in the community, by all means, drop me in line. I'd be yeah. happy to chat with yeah. folks. Um, I think the reason why I show up to things like that is like I've been in so many boardrooms where I see people that don't look like me. Mm. And I have an underlying belief that when I leave this world, I want to see more Rosses have come up from, the, from the community and from the space and to be able to make space in those boardrooms where Straight. you do see more people that look like us because yeah. it's a massive opportunity and we've been cut out. So let's change that. 100%. Yeah. Big so, so tag someone below and get yourself a MacBook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, for sure. And do we, it we, we definitely going to holler back and, you know, I see a, a program, a, a, a convo, whether, yeah. you know, whatever time you can make a month, whatever, a day where kids can come holler at you and, and hear your story and Down for it. and create that bridge of, of access and, yeah. and getting into that world. So you're in, you're in college, getting out of school. You believe you got a marketing job after school? Yeah, so I, my first gig was at CBC. Yeah. So I, okay. uh, I competed against a bunch of MBAs. I was a Bachelor of Commerce guy and competed for this program at CBC where you like they were constantly giving it to the MBAs but I'm kind of like I've got a chip and I'm always like Mm -hmm. I can beat anyone so let's throw my hat in the ring and let's Mm -hmm. kill and I killed and I got it so I did that they extended me it was supposed to be like a six-month thing they Mm -hmm. were like no we want you for good I was like let's do it then I was like no I gotta be an entrepreneur again Mm -hmm. (laughs) quit started my own company was doing that for a bit started to engage with a lot of the local advertising agencies trying to figure that whole thing out couldn't get a couldn't get a gig with any of them so I was like all right let me just focus on my own started to create content create content got an offer from a local ad agency worked there for about a year and a half quit again just got a, my first mortgage at the time mm-hmm. my wife was like oh this is nuts like what are you thinking yeah, yeah. Um, but we did it and yeah you fast forward and I've been out on my own ever since just mm-hmm. building businesses and mm-hmm. growing and mm-hmm. scaling and now foundation as a company we're 
30 people growing like wildfire. We've got Mm. clients all over the globe. We work with some of the biggest software companies in the world. Mm -hmm. We do work with everything from some of the fastest growing startups, all of the big brands. Mm -hmm. Like we're, uh, we're doing some fortune 500, the biggest, you know what I mean? That's always the goal. Like our goal at foundation as a company is we have this vision and this goal and the mission is to Mm -hmm. create content that shapes culture. Mm -hmm. And for me, fundamentally, that's one of the most interesting things about the world that we work on. And mm-hmm. what you guys are doing with this podcast is you're shaping culture, mm-hmm. right? Like you're having an influence on the way people think. And I forget who it was. I think it might have been Malcolm X who said, like, the most powerful thing in the world is like the media and mm-hmm. how you, the narrative and that the stories Malcolm. that you tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I heard that quote, it was like, right. And what's the modern media? It's the internet, exactly. and the content, the stories exactly. that you tell. So if I can use that to positively shift and shape the way people think, mm-hmm. and I can help more people go into entrepreneurship, go into business, go into tech by telling stories, mm-hmm. by creating content about this stuff, it's going to allow me to sleep really good at mm-hmm. night yeah. when I go to bed because yeah. I'll know that I am having a positive impact on the world and those around me. So I think like for me, oftentimes when I'm producing content and I'm telling stories, the underlying factor and goal is always like, I want to create content that positively shapes culture. Mm. And that mantra and that concept and that idea has allowed us as a company to thrive, but it's also allowed me to wake up every day excited about what we do. Mm-hmm. Amazing. We create everything from the blog posts to the LinkedIn updates, the mm-hmm. videos, the repurposed content. Mm. We help them strategize what they should be sending out on Twitter, on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. on Facebook, all of that stuff. We help them create and develop the, the stories that are going to help them drive real results for their business mm-hmm. so yeah we do all of that and it started with just like myself so back in the day rossimmons.com was the first website yep. and i started to write about advertising i started to write about marketing and people started to read that and they were like oh seems like ross knows marketing ross can you <laughs> help us help with us. our marketing yep. and that was the beginning of the business where mm-hmm. people started to reach out on the back of again content that i was creating mm-hmm. wanting me to create content create for them, them and mm-hmm. just go from there sick and like you said, now you, you have a team of over 25 employees. Yeah. You guys are literally worldwide and remote. Worldwide, yeah. So you got people remote. in Ohio. Yeah. You got people in Africa. Yeah. You got people in Michigan, Ireland, Ireland yeah, Nova Scotia, Ontario. Kansas City, Nigeria. The list goes on. Yeah. What is that like and what's your kind of thoughts behind that? There's no borders in the world. It's mm. all in our head. Right. Mm. Like everybody, the borders were created by people. Yeah. They don't exist all of the borders that we talk about don't exist. Mm-hmm. It's just land. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally. And there happens to be these little lines that we magically <laughs> yeah. create. It's like you get, to, you get to the, there's no like. <laughs> there's no line. I'm driving oh, I remember when I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. when I first went to the States. I'm like, where's the line where's at? Where's the line? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no like, line. There's no line. Yeah. And yeah. I think for some reason we get caught up in yeah. that. Yeah. But here's the other piece. Like the talent is everywhere. Mm. Good people are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Great people are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who I believe who are in communities and spaces that are underestimated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I yeah. look at a lot of the folks in the talent coming out of places like Nigeria, I mm. can say, oh, this is interesting. Yes. So this community in this area has been slept on for decades. Mm-hmm. Let me work with them, yeah, right? Yeah, and let yeah. me bring them into the my community Simmons and effect. give them yeah. the same exact pay that they would get if they were in Nova Scotia. Straight, right? Yeah. Like give them the same pay no matter where they're at. I'm not going to undermine you and be like, mm-hmm. oh, you live in India, so no, you're going to get gonna this amount. Less. I'm going to yeah. pay you less. No, you're going to get the same pay, same benefits, all of that good stuff. And 
When you do that, it allows you to attract what I believe are some of the greatest minds. I'm right. also confident that the same way that we grew up with some genius, that there's been a lot of geniuses mm. who have been buried with their 100%. genius mm -hmm. because they never were given opportunities. Yeah. And because of the internet, I think we are now at an opportunity where we will be able to see more of that genius come to life. Mm. The cure to cancer probably got buried in some kid who happened percent. to be living in a rural third world country, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like that mm -hmm. was in somebody's mind and their genius just didn't get unlocked right. because they didn't happen to get born in Nova Scotia. They yeah. didn't happen yeah. to get born in Boston, New York, something right. like that. That's so huge. for me, the power of remote is the ability to unlock and leverage like the fact that those skills are out there. Yeah. But more than anything, it's to give my team the ability and the flexibility to work on their own time mm. and for them to be accountable for their work for them to be treated like full-on adults mm -hmm. where they can manage the fact that yeah you don't need to check in necessarily yeah. at nine or yeah. eight etc you'd come on and log in and mm -hmm. do your work and as long as the deliverables are done then you're good and you're straight it also makes it easier for people to like balance that whole concept of like when they have kids right mm -hmm. like if somebody's mm -hmm. at home and they yeah. need to take care of a little one who's sick they can do that so i think remote offers a lot of flexibility and for a long time people thought oh ross you're wild for thinking yeah. that you can run a <laughs> yeah. creative yeah. company that is yeah. fully remote and i had a lot of people say like this is a big mistake yeah like, it's not yeah. going to work you're not going to be able to do this yeah. here it is that's right. the that's the driver factor yeah. for us, oh though. my driver factor is like <laughs> yeah. i've got a list <laughs> this isn't healthy i don't encourage anyone yeah. to yeah. do yeah. it but i have a folder on my computer of everybody who has doubted me anybody who has said no to me yeah. anybody yeah. who's rejected me dating back to the high school teacher who told me i should go into foundations like i've got yeah. it all mm -hmm. documented <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that that's a lot was going on that's that that's that michael jordan shit I call it the MJ distortion field. Mm, and I think every, I see, entrepreneur, I that, actually. every entrepreneur has that where it's like you will tell yourself a story that's going to continuously allow you to be motivated time mm. in and time out. And I think you do have to find it. It's you need very it, man. important. You find something that can motivate you every single day. And when you're feeling like you're drained, you're feeling like I can't keep going. You just remember that one person who was like, mm. you're not going to be able to mm. do it. And, and that's, and and that's when through. I took it personal. Yeah. And that's when I took, <laughs> it, personal. I took it personal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, 100% man hustling grind co yeah so tell us a bit about that you know yeah. what it is how it came to life yeah because uh, that's some major shit also i appreciate it so yeah. yeah hustle and grind was a company that i started out of the idea that again i want to create content that shapes culture and mm -hmm. it started with just an instagram account yeah we started to share some graphics on instagram that happened to resonate with people mm. we were able to take that account and get hundreds of thousands of people following yeah. it and engaging and i was like what if we started to sell some of these graphics as posters mm -hmm. and people started to buy them companies all over the world started to buy orders of these posters to put up in their spaces and then i was like all right I also buy a lot of coffee and yeah, I think we yeah, should sell yeah. coffee too. So mm -hmm. we started to roll out a coffee subscription with the company Sick. and people were able to buy coffee directly from Hustle and Grind as well. Today, I would say Hustle and Grind is primarily in the business of like swag, art, t-shirts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We ended up wrapping up the coffee element of the business just because over the last few months with the mm -hmm. actual shipping costs Crazy of food logistics. to the States is very difficult. Yeah. So yeah. We, we shifted that, but it's still going strong. And I think for me, the way that I view that is really an extension of my own brand and mm -hmm. of myself in the sense that Hustle and Grind is meant to be the brand for the entrepreneurs okay. and to inspire entrepreneurs to really achieve what is possible. Mm -hmm. uh, we have one piece of content that we offer for free, which is 60 side hustle ideas. Mm -hmm. Because I oftentimes think a lot of people who are working a gig 
realize and want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't think they can do it on the side. Yeah. But you can take two hours every single day and just work on a side project, yeah. and you can probably make anywhere from a thousand to five thousand dollars on the side of your main gig yeah. a month. Yeah. That's real money. Real like, money. ask yourself mm-hmm. what you would do with an extra five hundred dollars a month. What would you do with an extra thousand dollars a month? A lot of people would do a lot of different things. And yeah. if you could save that over the course of a year, you could have six grand. You could have twelve grand. With that, you can You're do a lot of go. things, right? So I think a lot of people make the mistake in their nine to five. I'm not thinking about like how can I always be bettering myself and yeah. how can I always be growing? Yeah. I think there's a lot of value in high growth roles. Like if you're in a growth role where you can actually see yourself scaling and mm-hmm. having an opportunity, you can make a lot of money in those roles hundred percent. But if you're in a spot in your life where you're like doing the same thing day in and day out and you're itching for something more and you're itching to really level up your skill set, a side hustle can be a great way to do it. Yeah. And hustle and grind was meant to kind of help people bridge that mm-hmm. and see that and then ultimately do it. Mm. You know, one of the things too, mentorship is so important. And if you, you look around in your circle, like, and if there's nobody in your circle that you actually want to be like, okay, right. cool. You know, maybe you may not have the physical availability to go and find different mentors outside of your circle, but go on the internet, That's find it. some people that you want to be like yep. and follow them. Find some people you want to be like, go hit their YouTube channel up. Like really just yep. do that. You know what I mean? Like I, I think about music and, and a lot of the, the artists that influenced me, like, and, and some of these people, like, you know, I believe they had a role in who I am. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I don't know these people. They don't know me. They just put some content into the yep. world. So, like, you know, yep. I never really thought about, like, who do I, who do I want to, what moguls do I want? I follow Master P. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I make a count to make sure, like, I hit notifications. Like, mm-hmm. I follow him because I really right. want to be like that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I, I, I really genuinely, like, yo, how he was doing his things. Yep. Yeah. I'm inspired by it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I follow him. Yeah, like follow your friends and family, but also follow a handful of people who would be able to level you up. I constantly am trying to follow people in different spaces that help me shape the way that I think because I think content and the media we consume is so important. So I'll follow folks who are talking about investing, people who are talking about real estate, talking Mm -hmm. about crypto, talking Mm -hmm. about SaaS, tech, all of those things. Because every time you see it, when you go on your feed, you're learning something you're learning new, something. Mm-hmm. right? So you're when you're something. scrolling on Instagram, yeah. you're not wasting time. Exactly. You're investing time, sure. right? And that's the difference. A yeah. lot of people sure. waste time, yeah. but you can also invest time. And when you invest your time, you're able to get something back from it. And if you can do that consistently, you might just see on your gram one day, hey, buy Bitcoin. And mm. here's something that I want to also clarify because I do think cryptocurrency is the big opportunity. Mm-hmm. You don't need to buy a full Bitcoin. You don't need to buy a full Ethereum. Yeah. You don't need to buy the full thing. You can buy fractions. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, you can buy percentages, little tiny pieces. You yeah. can buy point zero zero one, and that's still owning something. Yeah. And that is also a massive opportunity. Yeah. And, and that's huge, you know, and I think I always get into different spaces in my mind. I yeah. got minor ADHD. <laughs> right. Um, but but I, I go into learning curves and learning yeah. zones of, like, okay, NFTs, it came up. Right. It's always I've heard been it. watching you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I dove down a rabbit hole on how right. I dove. Okay. I, when I'm ready, I, I sit down. I'm like, all right, I'm following 10 NFT Twitter accounts. Yeah. I follow five on Instagram. Awesome. And then I'm in the space. Yeah. And now every day I'm learning. Now I come at first, it's like, they're saying words that makes no sense. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. But now I'm in the space. So now I know the words. And then yeah. they go down a rabbit hole of discords. And yeah. now I got about 10 NFTs. There you go. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? And, yeah. and both to level up and understand the metaverse and all that. But, it. you know, it started from really immersing 
immersing yourself yeah. in those spaces, right? I think uh, you have to have that beginner's mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I think it was Biggie, treat your first like your last and your last like your mm-hmm. first. Like, you always need to embrace that idea of showing up with that beginner's mindset yeah. because that feeling of not knowing is actually the feeling of growth. Right. When you go into Straight. something and you have no idea what people are showing, talking about, when you go to mm-hmm. an event for the first time and you have no idea what they're talking about, that means you're in the right room. Yeah. If yeah. you're in the room and you're talking about things that you have complete understanding over, you're in the wrong rooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of level up, you know, you, you, you continue to level up. You wrote two books. Yep. The Hustle Manifesto and Stand Out. Another yep. one where the Hustle Manifesto. I heard about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't read it, but I, you know, dug into it a bit, and right. then come to as I'm doing it recently. Like, fuck, Ross wrote that. <laughs> yeah, book. yeah, he said that to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, this man wrote Hustle it. Manifesto. <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> Tell us a bit though. Why are you getting the book right, and what was that yeah. like? What are those books about? Yeah, so Hustle Manifesto was the book that I wrote that I wish I had when mm-hmm. I was working the nine to five. So it's mm-hmm. essentially how to escape the nine to five and create the business and career of your dreams, and it pretty much walks you through exactly mm-hmm. the steps that I took to get there Mm -hmm. it's very tactical it's in the weeds it talks you through exactly what email you need to send to Mm -hmm. your boss Mm -hmm. how to have the conversation whether or not you should tell them that you've started something on the side Mm -hmm. whether or not you should hide it or whether or not you should just kind of let everyone know like this is my thing and i'm doing it Mm -hmm. so that book was really meant to kind of just help folks escape the nine to five and do their own thing Mm -hmm. stand out was created at the beginning i would say of like the internet wave Mm -hmm. and startups overall Mm -hmm. probably be about eight years old now but essentially it was meant to help companies understand how to stand out in the noisiest time mm-hmm. to be a business, which is right now. Yeah, so it talks about, about it. the fundamentals of how to create content. It talks about this idea of the three E's, which is every single piece of content you create should be educational, engaging, or entertaining. Mm-hmm. It talks about the psychology of why we share things on social. All of those things are in that book, and it was meant to really help entrepreneurs tell stories and mm-hmm. create stories. So mm-hmm. those were the first two. I've taken a hiatus from book writing, but I have a feeling in the next few years Something's I'm going to get back in and it's going to be in a, a major way. You, you speak across the world. You're a real yeah. world-renowned speaker. Tell us a bit about, you know, that part of, of, of yourself and, you know, building a personal brand yep. and, and, you know, that experience of speaking in all over the world. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? Like when I was first getting into business, I was scared to public speak. Like mm. I remember signing up for a local event called PodCamp and I spoke and I was a sweaty mess at mm. the end of that mm. thing. And there's probably like 40 people in the room. Now I can speak in front of 40,000 people and it doesn't phase me, right? Mm-hmm. I'll do a quick downward dog in the back and then I'll hit the stage and I'm good like it doesn't matter to me too much and it's been a very rewarding experience like I always wanted to travel and see the world Mm -hmm. and I was like how can I do this easily if I can speak and I can do public speaking Mm -hmm. people are going to be interested in that Mm -hmm. but when I was first getting started I was very shy I was a a shy kid like they called me shy Ross for many years because I just like I would show up I was there but Mm -hmm. I didn't talk much I was very cerebral so to speak where I was thinking a lot but I wasn't really talking so to do that I had to push myself to get a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I started to sign up for things like podcasts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just started signing up and signing up, signed up to speak at a bunch of events, started to do it. And it just started to come naturally. But I would say one of the things that wasn't natural was the idea of doing it in front of folks. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do was start studying more people who did public speaking. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I went to YouTube and I looked at all of Chris Rock, all of Chris Tucker's, all mm-hmm. of those guys is like their stand-up acts. Yeah. And I started to write out 
what they were actually saying line mm-hmm. by line. Mm-hmm. So I could understand their flow, understand the way that they spoke, etc. I took all of Obama's talks. I took all of the like presidential talks over the years. Mm-hmm. And I started to try to break down like, Sick. what do I see these folks doing that is allowing them to become some of the greatest speakers mm-hmm. of our lifetime? Mm-hmm. I took all of Martin Luther King's talks and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, what does he do? He's saying things over and over again. Mm-hmm. I have a dream. He says that three times. Yeah. Maybe I need to start saying things three times. So I started to study things that people would say in their talks. And then I started to use that to guide my own formulas for Mm. public speaking. Mm -hmm. And then I made a commitment to myself that every single time I spoke, I try to add as much value to the people at that event that they would leave thinking, oh, I need to hear more of Ross. I need to hear what he has to say a little bit more. Like I intentionally show up to every event trying to be the best speaker (laughs) and trying to leave people knowing like, He's legit. Like that was the best talk of the event. And at some events they give you scores. Mm. Um, And if I get a score that is like number two, I'm not happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not happy. I'm figuring out what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm figuring out like, why wasn't I number one? And I'm trying to, to fix that. We got a couple rapid fire questions here to, to finish us off. Why do businesses need to prioritize digital marketing? Because we are a digital culture. Mm-hmm. The whole world has evolved to digital. Like mm-hmm. we, we interact every single day and everybody listening to this right now is interacting with a digital device. Yeah. So that's just a fundamental way in which we as people stay connected and it's not changing. It's continuing to become more and more real. We have our devices on us every single day, mm-hmm. right? The first thing that most people do when they wake up is they grab their phone. Sure. Kissing their partner, no, <laughs> grabbing their phone. Yeah. And when you realize that, that phones and technology has become a deep part of culture, any business ignoring it mm-hmm. is ignoring people. 100%. Um, the internet isn't going anywhere. Yeah, sure isn't. Attention is the currency. We spend about five hours average a day on our phones. So That's awesome. Get on there. That's it. What's some advice for creating content? I think it starts with understanding the people that you're trying to reach and thinking back about their problems and their needs. So if I'm someone who is selling, let's say, I don't know, food, Mm. I'm going to be thinking about like what is going to trigger and inspire Mm -hmm. somebody to want to purchase my food. Okay, what's that going to be? It's going to be a great visual of an amazing looking dish Mm -hmm. because that will psychologically Mm -hmm. trigger a whole bunch of dopamine, Mm -hmm. which is going to inspire them to say, I need to order something, Mm -hmm. right? So like, Having a deep understanding of that is key um, in understanding the motivations of people. So I would always encourage people to put yourself in the shoes of the person Mm. that you're trying to sell to and understand their pains and create content about that. Mm -hmm. That's really what it comes down to. And then you just have to deliver because it's great to create content, but if you don't deliver on the other end with an actual valuable product, you're going to be out of business eventually. Mm -hmm. And then distribute that. 100%. What are some tips for entrepreneurs who are super busy to prioritize content, digital marketing, those things? So there's two things we can spend in life. We can spend money and we can spend time. And if you don't have a lot of money, you have to spend time. Mm -hmm. And if you're spending time and you are seeing flatline growth with your business and you are not doing anything that is like up and to the right and you're not seeing growth, then you're not spending your time in the right places Mm -hmm. unless you're okay with just living the same life and doing the same things and having the same results. But you have to start by auditing your time and doing a review of your calendar and how you're spending your energy and asking yourself, am I spending my time on the things that are going to move the needle correctly? Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to do because a lot of entrepreneurs think that everything that they're doing today is 
necessary for their business. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes what they will find is that some of the things that they have deemed necessary are actually just habits that they've created in their business Mm -hmm. that are no longer required for their business today. Mm -hmm. Something that you did in your business in the early days might not actually still be of value today. So you have to spend time reviewing what you're doing on a monthly basis instead of just doing the work mm, over and mm, over again. Mm. I have stole this one from Wu-Tang too, but cream I call out often. Mm-hmm. Calendars rule everything around me. <laughs> Tell right? me about like it. I live Things and die by my I've calendar. Learned. Yep. It's so key. Yep. It's easy to get caught up in this idea that I just want to live free and like mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. Live by your calendar. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. time is all we've got. Yeah. Like literally that's all we've got. Mm-hmm. Time mm-hmm. is all we got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Yeah. So and, if and you don't look at your time, we watch what we wait we watch how much yeah. we eat, all that stuff. Yeah. But we don't watch our time. No. Time no. is so important. It's the only thing that we have. And when it's spent, you don't get it back. No. I can drop $50 today and I'll get 50 tomorrow. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. can drop 100 today, I'll get 100 tomorrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I spend an you hour with like you guys that? right now, this hour, I would get it like that. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, what's the number? 20K might be difficult. Okay. But <laughs> anything less, I guess. Yeah, right. uh, but essentially, you have to remember, like, when the time is gone, yeah. it's impossible to get it back. So mm-hmm. I would strongly encourage people to think about their time as being their most valuable resource yeah. and being the most valuable thing that they have mm-hmm. and always spend time actually thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like think about this week. What did you do this week? Ask yourself, what did you do this week that helped you grow, mm-hmm. helped you develop yourself? And if you can't think of it, then you're doing something wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. And businesses need to operate the same way. If every single month, every single week you're doing the same things mm-hmm. and you're just expecting different results, you're just playing. Insanity. It's insanity, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. You have to spend time studying your time and then using your time in the future appropriately. Mm-hmm. You do want to spend some time with family. Yeah, right? like the, yeah. the time invested in a family, the fa- time spent with experience is still a value. Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. It might not even have a monetary value, mm-hmm. but that is time that you're able to spend more time with. Right? But like, that's where I want to spend my that's time. That's where you want to spend your time. Like yeah. on Tuesdays, every every Tuesday, I take my daughter to gymnastics and Amazing. it's in the middle of the workday. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how I want to invest my time. Yeah. I could make some money on that time. Yeah. But I'd rather spend it with her because yeah. that's the investment that I'm making mm-hmm. as a dad to say, like, let's do this. Like, this yeah. is going to be a thing that we do. Yeah. So, folks, you when you're thinking about your time, it's not just an investment in terms of, like, ROI, mm-hmm. but also from a personal, per, like, human development sure. and what gives you energy, right? Sure. Like, that's also important. Huge. A couple more. So, so many gems, brother. The most underrated social media platform. Twitter. I got to say I Twitter. Agree. It's, uh, it's filled with knowledge. Uh, I'm always telling this guy about Twitter. The brightest minds in the world are using Twitter. Uh, You can follow Elon Musk and learn how he thinks. And he tweets a lot. And he tweets a lot, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. You can follow some of the brightest minds of this generation and get access to them. You can tweet to them. You can Mm -hmm. engage with them. And you can learn from them. There's some of the greatest scientists. Mm -hmm. Any any field that you can think of, there is an expert in that field on Twitter creating content, telling stories, and creating that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's the... It's it's a massive unlock opportunity. Twitter helped create my career, mm-hmm. right? Like because mm-hmm. I've invested time on Twitter, building relationships. I've been able to build a following on there, and you can do it no matter where you live. Mm-hmm. You can reach people all over the globe. Yeah. The biggest challenge with channels like Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat is that 
your content oftentimes stays within an existing community and it often stays amongst the people who follow you. But on Twitter, when you create something that is of value, it can be spread to the masses, Mm -hmm. right? Like I've had billionaires engage with me and have conversations Mm. with me because of things that I've put out there on Twitter and now they follow me, right? Like that is the power of this channel. Mm -hmm. I strongly believe if you want to do big things, there's a massive, massive opportunity that exists by just following some of the greatest minds on Twitter and consuming their thoughts and their ideas and then using them to level up your own life. And follow the coolest cool. Follow the coolest cool. <laughs> follow the coolest cool. And NS underscore while you're at it. There you go. Your top three books. Oh, love it. So How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen yep. is my favorite book. I read it pretty much every year. It's mm. a consistent one for me. This one's going to be controversial. White Guys Shouldn't Have All the Fun by Reginald Lewis, okay. uh, another great book. It just leveled up my thinking around the fact that, yes, you can create a massive company and be black and do great deals. Sure. So that was a very inspiring book for me. And then I would probably throw in a recent one that I read called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, okay. uh, which is about how to be a great leader and how mm. to lead people and leverage things like vulnerability to mm. kind of connect with your people and your team. Um, so those would be the three that I, I call out. But I'm a big reader. I love it. I think uh, reading, I forget who said it. I think it might have been dad. I don't know. So either dad said it or somebody else said it. But they said Something there's dead. no problem that you can go through in life that's not in a book. That somebody else hasn't already percent. written a boat or gone yeah, through, right? Like we, we overcomplicate whether or not our lives are that complex. Mm-hmm. There's been billions of people before us. There's going to be billions of people that come after us. Mm-hmm. And somebody somewhere wrote a book or a blog post or a tweet storm or a LinkedIn post about the same problem you're going through. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a personal family life problem, whether it's a business problem, somebody's been there, mm-hmm. somebody's done it. You're not that special. Mm-hmm. Read it, learn it, and then use that to kind of evolve. What advice would you give to some young entrepreneurs coming up? to double down on your own personal growth, right? Like you Mm. have to take it so seriously. You have to really spend a lot of time recognizing that you are your biggest asset and you have to be your biggest cheerleader and you need to make the time intentionally to grow yourself and develop yourself. I think another key thing that is very important for young people is it's better to go alone than with the wrong people. It's better to go along than with the right people. One more time, one more time, one more time. It is better to go alone than with the wrong people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. go solo if you have to. And I'm not just talking about business, I'm talking about your personal life too. You have to have a partner either in business or in life that is going to elevate you and support you. Shout out to my wife, Chris. Like, We've been together since the early days. Mm -hmm. And without her, I probably wouldn't be where I am, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. she helps elevate me. She pushes me across all elements. I Mm -hmm. say I'm not going for a run. Oh, doesn't (laughs) sound like you got a good excuse. (laughs) It's raining. That's not reason. You need to have a partner who pushes you. And I would encourage any young entrepreneur not to get into a relationship with somebody who's going to drag them down and Mm. try to hold them down and Mm. hold them back and doesn't see their vision, support their vision. You want to find a partner who's going to truly be like the Clyde and Bonnie concept where Mm. you're going at it together. Mm. That's a key piece. That's a cheat code to life. The other piece is when you're going into business, you need to ensure that you're aligning yourself with people who have a similar perspective, people who want growth, people who want to develop yourself. It's a cliche that we've already talked about, this idea that you are the people that you're surrounded by, but it's a cliche for a reason. You actually are. You become the average of the people that you spend the vast majority of your time with, and if you aren't spending your time with people who are going to elevate you in a certain way, 
you're gonna you're gonna stay the same, mm-hmm. right? I spent a few. I can remember very specific moments in my life where I would be spending a lot of time at the gym. And then my fitness happened to improve. And I started to spend more time with people who mm, were getting in shape. And mm. I just noticed, why am I always getting in shape? Like, why am I eating healthier? Like, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah, it's because yeah. those are the people I'm spending time with. Yeah. Oh, I'm spending more time with people in business. Oh, my business is booming. Like, yeah. why? What's the correlation? There's a direct relationship with the people you surround yourself with and the things that start to happen. So mm. align yourself with the right people. And remember, if you don't have them, it's better to go alone than it is mm. to just go ahead with, the wrong, with people. The, the wrong people that you already got. That's it. One more. One question Corell had that he didn't get to. Black people. Yeah. We got a black audience. We're visual. I love it. Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. Niggas want to know how much we respect cash. We respect money. We respect right. big. Right. However you can get give us give us something yeah. to say. You don't got to say a number. Whatever you feel comfortable. So at 22, it's already out there on the internet. I okay. I made 270K. Okay. At 22, I'm 31. Simple. Do you understand? <laughs> you do the math. And he was growing. He you grew. Do the math, he and grew. he probably grew. I say maybe ten x on that. And, and the I thing I'll say too, you know, Take like with the Forbes figure and figure more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no, straight. And I, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this because it's really important. You know, again, I go back to my childhood. I go back to my upbringing. I go back to you know being there. Yeah. Ross was there. Yeah. Ross, Ross yeah. was a part of my life. And you know, when we talk about. He said something that hit home to me. It's better to go alone than go to the wrong crowd. Yeah, you know it. what I mean? And I, and I watched Ross go a lot alone. Him and his family, him and his him and his cousins and stuff. Yeah. They chose different paths. And you know, when when you look at life, it's like you know I'm a super fan of yours. Appreciate it. But the thing that I admire most and and that I respect most is like, yo, you didn't just just kind of go and enter the world and and, and be small. Like you yeah. big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like 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 for me and to the to the little homies and to all the people watching, like just understand the paths. Right. And and we, we constantly go in the wrong path. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm proud of who I am. I yeah. love myself and I yeah. don't regret nothing. But to know that like there's people that come from where I come from, mm-hmm. the same exact era that I come from. Mm-hmm. He's seen all the things that I seen. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And he, he he chose a different path and mm-hmm. where he's at in his life now is like, you know, it's it's amazing. You know what I mean? Even sitting here talking to him and just listening is like like, yo, this guy's next level. Like mm-hmm. he's He's a meta human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's on some next shit and, and he come from where I come from. And I think anybody that's from the community of Preston, man, when you see this face, man, give him a hug. Bother him. Ask mm-hmm. him. A, it ain't going to mm-hmm. bother him, but ask him a million and one questions. You thinking sure. about going in business? Hit this guy up, man, yeah. because, you know, what he's done for me and I know Navelle, mm-hmm. I think that he could do it for you too. And, and just, just by following him, mm-hmm. you, you know, become putting him in a part of your, your leadership circle, I think is going to matter a whole lot in your future, man. So, you know, I, I super appreciate, appreciate that, you, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, right? and that's why, you know, we wanted to bring you up here. And that's why I mentioned that because, you know, for us growing up, for me growing up, the guys I seen with the most money were, were dudes in the streets, yeah. mm, right? Yeah. And and to give the perspective, this is probably the richest guy in North Preston history. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. I mean, I don't, probably. I don't know who else. Probably. Right? So you know, and and again, you know, that's he what we, not, is. he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, this is the richest man in North Preston <laughs> history, history here, and 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 that's what we you know we value and respect money, and yeah. you know we go down those paths for money, but for for the youngins, we we tapped in with the youngins for the youngins. This is the guy, and, and mm-hmm. here's how he's doing it: yeah. building content, growing global businesses, and and doing it at a major level. So you know, much love. Thanks Appreciate for coming, bro. And, Happy to be yeah. here, man. I think at the end of the day, one of the things that I think about often is like the next generation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, the biggest thing when I look at my kids, I think like I don't want them to be the only ones, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to see everybody's 
kids have the same opportunities. Yeah. I want all of us to unlock like the last episode or two episodes ago, generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it's very important mm-hmm. that we do that yeah. because our parents, our grandparents and yeah. our ancestors went through things that were 20 million times harder than mm-hmm. anything Man. that we can face. Mm-hmm. And if we can intentionally put our energy and our efforts to elevate the young people, elevate each other and start to truly be the tribe that we probably mm. were before we were broken apart. And that's Sick. a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can all rise up, yeah. right? Like we can all rise up yeah. together. And if we can all rise up together as a unit, man, there's some power in that. So yeah. I encourage everyone to stay supportive of yeah. each other. Yeah. And it's not support in the sense that you always have to throw money at a mm-hmm. business just because it's somebody mm-hmm. that you know. It's support in the sense that you like respect each other's hustle, you respect mm-hmm. each other's grind, mm-hmm. and you elevate each other and you show up for each other sure, yeah. in the spaces that we need to. So um, I appreciate you guys just mm-hmm. doing this. I'd mm-hmm. be happy to come back on again, but mm-hmm. I think the key is to just keep adding value to the culture because That's the it. culture needs it, the culture wants it, and it's never been a better time to be a business and I respect you both so thanks for having me we ain't got no more to say man man. Ross Simmons the Preston legend my family (laughs) you know what I mean appreciate you bro appreciate it shout out to Gary too man shout out to Gary doing his thing thing. Gary's my guy different time zones yeah 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 exactly (laughs) boom I ain't a business man I'm a business man now let me handle my business